going on, guys? Welcome back to the Winner Circle Podcast. My name is Gabe, and today I'm joined uh, by Danny and uh, Omar. You guys want to introduce yourselves real quick? Uh, Danny, you can go first. Yes, sir. Daniel, Daniel Cabrera, coming at you live from L.A., you know, 6,000 miles away, but we're here. <laughs> Omar? What's up, guys? Um, my name is Omar. Maybe some of you guys might have seen me on the podcast a few times already in some previous episodes. I have a YouTube channel called Simply Car Things. I do a lot of uh, BMW and sports car related content. So happy to be here again. Well, this will be the first time they actually see you on this channel because we're actually doing a video podcast now. That's true. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you guys enjoyed this format a little better um, than mm. just the audio and, and the pictures or the black screen. Um, and then hopefully we can get the video onto Spotify as well. Um, that'd be nice, but I don't know exactly how to do that just yet. We'll see after the podcast. If, if you guys are watching the video on Spotify, obviously it worked, but if not, still got to work out some kinks and, and uh, figure it out. But uh, today's podcast, we want to talk about Danny's trip here in Brazil. Uh, Danny came to visit me a couple weeks back. Um, he's, you've had a pretty busy couple couple weeks huh you just got back from hawaii just today or yesterday <laughs> yesterday man yeah it's yeah. been crazy so yeah just um two weeks ago was with me for uh what five days and then uh flew back was there for about a week and then flew to hawaii for for the holidays with your mom um and i saw the videos and pictures look like you had a good time yeah a hundred percent, man. It was a great time. Dope. Well, Can't complain when you're in paradise. That's true. How was the weather over there? Oh, dude, it's lovely. I mean, half of our vacation, it was nice and sunny, but the other half was fucking straight rain. It was a monsoon, dude. It was yeah. actually pretty bad. Okay. But, uh, yeah, man, you just make the best of it. True, so. true. So, uh, yeah, let's get into it then. Let's, let's dive right into uh, Brazil. Um, so I want to talk about everything, costs, uh, expenses while you were here. Uh, obviously, we'll get into the racing aspect, the, the motorsport culture that you experienced while you were here in Brazil. And then, uh, yeah, just talk about everything from A to Z, basically, starting from uh, you buying your plane ticket all the way to you uh, having some issues with your flight on the way home. Yeah, man. Starting off, I mean, we flew during the holiday season, so it's pretty much, I think, the hottest season to go out there, you know. And yeah. Comparing tickets on uh, off-season to December when we went, dude, I I definitely, you know, overpaid by maybe 50%, 60%, you know. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, overall, the flight over there was not too bad. I mean, I took the long route. Uh, my whole flying time was roughly, I want to say, almost 16 hours, man. I had to go to JFK from LA, LAX to JFK, and then JFK to Guarulhos. I don't know how you pronounce that in Brazil. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, man, it was just a super long flight. But, uh, I mean, I've done my fair share of traveling, so I'm pretty used to it. It's not yeah. too bad. Um yeah, arriving there though, I, I mean, dude, it, it it it's amazing, man. When, once I'm there, I was just like, wow, I'm actually here in Brazil. Yeah, you know. So, uh, fun uh, fact. Yeah, man. I, 
fun fact about Guarulhos is that is the airport that uh, Senna's body flew into uh, from Imola, from Italy, when uh, he passed away. Um, it was escorted by Brazilian uh, Air Force jets um, and landed in Guarulhos. So that's why uh, basically the entire... He, he was from the state of Sao Paulo, so this whole state is just like heavy rep in Senna. So anywhere you go, it, your chances are you're going to see some graffiti, some artwork, some, some statue... Uh, some type of memorial for Senna. So, yeah. My Every bad. other street and, like, tunnel was uh, named after Senna. I remember seeing that just yeah. on the Uber right to your place, to your high-rise um, luxury high-rise. place, you know. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, man, I mean, just even starting off with the, the Ubers, man. The Ubers were, dude, it was, like, pennies on a dollar, man. Like, yeah, from the airport to your place, I want to say it was, what, like, 40, 45 minutes. You know, yeah. drive. Yep. And like, you know, forty five minutes in LA it's gonna rent you like almost a hundred bucks. Yeah. Out there, dude, I, I think what what was it what was it like twenty bucks including tip or something like that? Yeah, Holy twenty bucks for up. the for the Uber Black. Yeah, Uber Black. Dirt cheap. Uber Black. Uber Black. Right. That is dirt cheap. <laughs> yeah, no, it's dirt cheap. Uh the currency exchange rate right now is uh Five dollars sixty-eight cents to to one. Uh, sorry, five oh, reals. Yeah. Uh, okay. One dollar is five point uh, six eight rios. So yeah, it's it's fucking insane. The the bargain we get with the dollar here. Damn. Seems like your uh, your dollar goes a long way out there. Yeah, most Ubers are like two or three dollars. That's about it, and it'll say like 20, 20 rios. And so you're thinking like something close to, especially if you're not familiar like Danny, you're probably thinking something close to that price. And then you check your bank statement after a week of using Uber all week, and you've only used fucking fifty dollars worth of Ubers. So it's it's not that's bad. Be nice. That's why I don't have a car out here. That's why I don't that's have nice. a a need or a want for a car. It's just like I'll just take fucking Uber everywhere. It's it's nothing. But Danny was tripping over yeah. tipping the the Uber drivers five fucking reels, man. Damn, it's a dollar, <laughs> bro. Seventy nine cents. He couldn't yeah. fucking. My dog couldn't spare this this poor man seventy five cents. Jeez. At, at first, it was like, you know, three rallies, and then I was like, oh, shit. When I started seeing my statement, I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that's like cents. That's like 60 cents. So, yeah. you know, I upped it to five, five rallies. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you got to hook them up, man. They're, they're taking you safely. And, uh, yeah, yeah, around town. I mean, you know, after the Ubers. We got there. Even the food, man. The food was really cheap. Uh, it was really good. At least most of the places that uh, my guy Gabe took me to. Um, dude, what I spent in food, well, even with the restaurants. When I went to JFK, New York, I had like a fucking, what was it, like a chicken parmesan, some mashed potatoes, and like a beer, and it was like $80. God damn. You trying to ball out? The of whole week? Not, dude, dude, that was basic ass food i'm just saying i'm gonna <laughs> yeah, compare sure. it to i had like five five days worth of food in brazil and it was still under 80 bucks so i was just like wow, wow. <laughs> yeah. What yeah. yeah man it, it, it's crazy man 
Yeah, if but uh, yeah, just making me want to fly down there now too. Uh, you, dude, you should totally fly down here. We could do so much. So we could do the same shit that I had Danny lined up. Uh, oh my god, dude! <laughs> and it would cost you. What do you think the whole weekend costs you? Not including your flight ticket, because your flight ticket you're gonna. Yeah, I was gonna say that. that. Yeah, yeah, because my flight was like twelve hundred bucks. That, and that's I mean, not that normal. Was hot. Right. No, that's I, I not just, normal price. I was checking. Yeah, I just bought my flight ticket, and it's five fifty. Round trip. Okay, yeah. You Round see, that's what I was looking trip, at. Yeah, bro. normal. Yeah, that's not bad at all. You know, five fifty, six hundred bucks. It's cool. But yeah, that's what I said. I paid double. But uh, I think the whole weekend, dude, including uh, uh, racing and food, uh, it must have not been over a thousand bucks, man. Like, probably that's actually really cheap. That, even That's even including my uh, Airbnb, which I stayed at a really nice place. You did? And for, what, six, six days, six nights, it was, what, 300 bucks? Yeah. It was like two ninety and some change. That's yeah. that's unheard of, man. Like, yeah, yeah. When Ale and I, when I so came for and visit all that Ale, you guys did, yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, when Ale and I would come stay in Sao Paulo, when I would come visit her before I lived here, uh, we actually stayed at the Airbnb that Danny stayed at. It's so nice. It's beautiful mm. uh, uh, studio apartment. Really nice view. Uh, really nice balcony. So yeah, you definitely stayed at a top-notch spot, and it's when we stayed there, it was like forty bucks a night. So yeah, it's about exactly what you're saying. Um, you paid for. What did you um, think about um, the city itself, though? I mean, the city—it's really nice. It was definitely more nicer than I expected, I guess. Um, it. To me, like, I, I don't live too far from L.A. I'm just over the hill, but it's just like another, you know, downtown city living in, in a sense. You know, it's actually really nice. Um, but just even to talk about, like, the poverty aspect, though, like, it's like it's either, like you said, either people are really rich over there or, or really poor. So it was kind of like uh, not as pleasing to see that, you know. Yeah. But. Yeah, the ones that are doing it out there big, you know, that, that's more power to them. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Real quick, touching on that subject real quick. Uh, if you guys don't know, uh, here in Brazil, they're paying major import taxes on cars. So the way you can really mm. know if somebody's balling out of control is if you see a new sports car, and you see a lot of them, you see a lot of Porsches, a lot of M cars out here. Brazilians love their fucking cars. Um, for example, a G80 out here, a G80 in America is what? 85 grand plus options. Uh, a G80 out here right. is a $180,000 car. So, uh, it's, it, that's the conversion rate, $180,000 car. Um, and in the U S $180,000 car is what a fucking almost an RS, a, a, a dot two RS. Or that's a, a ridiculous. Dot one. So yeah, I mean that's easily a dot one RS, hundred eighty k. Yeah, like that's supercar money. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Um, wow. And it, you you see that shit, and you know, okay, that guy's got some serious money, or that chick's got some serious money, and then you look across the street, and then there's some a mom that's homeless, and she's got her kids playing with her in the street. Not on the street, but like mm. on the sidewalk, and uh, 
you know, it's, it's fucking crazy because it, it, when I think about homeless people in the U.S., usually when somebody goes homeless and they have kids, the, the government usually takes the kids in order to help them, you know, uh, live a safe and healthy lifestyle, go to school, all that shit here, all the shit in the U.S. that we'd expect. But in Brazil, uh, you know, I, I've seen, like, it looks like a fucking village in some of these parks of just homeless people and their kids also homeless running around in underwear all fucking day when they could be at school or something. It's, it's just sad. It's, it's really sad to see, but uh, that's a social and economic problem here in Brazil, which, you know, that's not what we're here to cover. But, yeah, just wanted to speak a little bit on that. Yeah. And the, the, uh, the gaps of the rich and the poor is just so much more extreme here than in the U.S., we're blessed. We're blessed in the U.S. for sure, but yeah. Yeah, I think I think it's like that <clears throat> in some other countries as well. Like uh, my a lot of my personal like immediate family actually went to uh, Turkey and Greece uh, just a few months ago, yeah. and they were telling me very similar things. Like there isn't much of like a like a middle class, I guess you could say. Just a lot of either you're kind of in that poverty area or you're just very wealthy and you're very well off in the country, and. Um, yeah, unfortunately, like if you're somebody that has been born and raised in that country, there's not a lot of opportunity. But, you know, us being outsiders from a country like the U.S., obviously, we, you know, our money, our currency can go such a long way. Yeah. But, yeah, it's, it's a lot different, you know, being a U.S. citizen going into that country. Like, I'm sure it's the same way in Brazil. Yeah, exactly. I, I, it's obviously not just a Brazil thing. It's pretty much any any country is really like this except for some of these you know like the u.s or mm. i don't even know what else the uk maybe is not like that you know but i mean there's a lot of yeah. countries that are really poor and uh there's a big discrepancy between rich and poor but yeah so danny for your sure. first day um get back on get back on topic your first day you flew in we drove back to uh, my place, right? You couldn't check into your Airbnb just yet. Um, and then we went to go have Uh And oh, you, had, yeah. you had it at one of the like the staple spots. It's kind of like a star. They have Starbucks here, but it's like another Starbucks here for breakfast. Um, what do you think about it? Well, I've had Bondagejo before, so um, I'm just actually having it from where it's made. You know, in Brazil, yeah. it, it was it just, it's super bonded. It made me appreciate it that much more. So, um, yeah, man, that's just bond de queijo and your, your espresso in the morning. That That's just, I guess it's kind of a traditional breakfast out there, huh? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's what Ali eats every morning. That's what she drinks every morning. Uh, that's just kind of how they how they roll here. It's just literally a cheese bread. Bonda casual is literally just a cheese bread. It's a, a a piece of bread with cheese in the middle, and that's it. It's like a uh, what do they call those? A mini donut. Mm. Like that. With with donut bite. Yeah, I mean, obviously yeah. the texture is not a uh, the the bread is not a donut style. It's more of like a a flour, I guess. I don't know, but uh, it's really good. Um, It'll get you fucking overweight fast as fuck. That's for sure. Uh, but oh, I, see. I don't even want to talk about how much weight I gained over this past <laughs> month, dude. Oh yeah, you been out every day. Uh, 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 dude, yeah, man. So you, uh, we we ate breakfast. 
and then we were driving home, right? We were driving home when I called Dante. I was messaging him actually, and I was like, hey, you know, how's it going? You know, I'm excited. We're, we're ready to go. Danny just flew in today. And I'm thinking, we're both thinking that we don't start racing until tomorrow. And which was good because you had just flown in, tired as fuck, I'm sure. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, yeah, be there at 4 o'clock, 4 p.m. And I'm like, tomorrow, right? No, 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 today. Today at 4 p.m. we start practice. I'm like, what the fuck? I look over at Danny. I'm like, bro, we're, we're racing today. Like, we're starting today. The weekend starts in literally like six fucking hours. And uh, like... Obviously, adrenaline starts running. We start getting super excited. And uh, Danny, explain to me how, how that went down for you. Dude, I, I mean, I was looking forward to taking a nap and, you know, thinking with, you know, Brazilian time and, you know, just relaxing a little bit. And then next thing we know, we're in an Uber. And he's like, no, we're, we got like four hours before we got to be uh, in our logos. And I'm just like, what the hell, dude? <laughs> Yeah. So, like, I haven't even checked into my place. I'm still all musty from the plane ride. And then, <laughs> yeah, dude, I just just fucking crunched up. And then I was like, all right, man, it starts now. So I really had no time to prepare for it, not even mentally. It was just like, just roll with the punches. Let's do it. You Literally know? I, off the fucking plane yeah. later that day racing. <laughs> well, thankfully, it wasn't racing we were doing the first day. We, we had practice our first day. Um, so we went back to my place. Charged the GoPros. Took like a little cat nap. Did you even go to sleep? Yeah, it took 30 minutes. I think that was it. And then you, your ass woke me up. And I was just like, damn. But uh, 30 minutes is plenty, honestly. Just enough to like, you know, rest the mind, relax a little bit. Because I was still kind of jet lagged, honestly. As much as I tried sleeping on a plane. You know how uncomfortable it is. Yeah. Try sleeping on a small plane where you can't even lie down. I mean, I fly regular class. I don't know about you. No, I but, fly regular too. Calm down. <laughs> Last name's not Chin. Last name's not Chin. Uh, oh, man. Chin, where you at, dog? He said, he, got the, he said he got the booster shot. He's not feeling good right now, so he's probably still sick. Oh, uh, yeah. Probably uh, taking a nap or something. Yeah, that's what he said he was doing. It's all right. Uh, so we take our nap. We get ready to go. Before we go, uh, we were kind of hungry. But we couldn't really stop at any, like, quality Brazilian spots that I know about here because we were just on a short time fuse. Uh, but we ended up going to a burger spot right next to my place. Pretty good burger. Danny, what do you think? It was good. It was good. Uh, their fries and everything was on point. Customer service was good. Um, you know me. I'm a food critic. Uh, I'm in the food, food and beverage industry. So, uh, yeah, I could have used a little salt, but other than that, dude, it was, it was good. It was fantastic. Can't yeah, complain. I agree with you. I actually can use a little salt. I feel like uh, a lot of these restaurants out here are lacking a little bit of, uh, uh, not necessarily flavor, but just, uh, they just need a little bit of more seasoning, honestly. That's it. And, and, and they'll be straight. But, uh, yeah, that spot's called Bulger. Um, spelled B-U-L-L-G-U-E-R. I don't know where they got that name from, um, but yeah, pretty cool. A uh, good spot. So after that, we took our Uber down to Interlagos. Uh, we had to be there by 4. 
I think we showed up a little bit before that. And uh, that weekend at Interlagos, they were running stock car. Um, so if you guys don't know, which I'm sure the majority, probably 99% of, of uh, people in the U.S. watching this do not know about stock car here in Brazil. Stock car is not like NASCAR. Um, stock car out here is a touring championship. It's the most premier racing league in Brazil except for F1. Obviously, F1 comes to Interlagos to race. But other than that, it's Stock Car and then Porsche Cup Brazil. Um, those are the next two biggest race leagues. And just to give you perspective on racing here in Brazil, racing, soccer, and fighting, th those are the three biggest sports in Brazil. So in the U.S., we have the big three, football, baseball, basketball, right? And we get to watch those year-round, not necessarily each sport year-round, but, you know, each sport has their own season, and we just kind of rotate through those three. Here in Brazil, it's literally, religiously, soccer on uh, Saturdays and Sundays, racing on Saturdays and Sunday mornings, and uh, obviously they have the UFC and a couple other uh, fighting leagues and Brazilian jiu-jitsu leagues, but it's all televised. Like, it, it, like for example, uh, we have the... Uh, Super Bowl on NBC or CBS or whatever it is um, and it's on like the local networks well here racing is on the local networks so uh, Porsche Cup uh, here in Brazil every Saturday or every Sunday you know back to back races whatever it may be it's always on TV so they're really fucking passionate about the stuff and uh, it's really big they even pr uh, broadcast like karting championships as well too so um, stock car. Stock car was really big, or is really big. Uh, they were doing it the same weekend as us racing, so we basically got free tickets to the show, which was dope as fuck. Um, we got our own lanyards, just saying, like, hey, these guys can enter these areas because they're drivers. Um, so pretty much like a VIP pass, but just because we were drivers, we got to do all this stuff. And... Um, so, what did you think walking through those gates at Interlagos? Man, just hearing the engines roar was just like the first sign of, you know, just fine tingling sensation. And, uh, yeah, man, just, it was just like the holy grounds of racing, really. You know, that if you know who Senna is, you know, that's Senna's home, man. Yeah. Man, just walking through those gates, going to the paddock, and just seeing just the racing, like the fans and, Everything that revolves around it to get it ready, it was just pretty cool because they were behind the scenes. And to me, dude, it, it, it was just like I was living kind of like a little surreal movie because I had literally just landed five hours ago and now I'm at Interlagos. So, like, I didn't really have all that time to take it all in yeah. until like the second and third day we were there, you know? But yeah, it, it, was, it, was, it was great, man. Um, I mean, it sounds like. Uh, you didn't have you already said that when you landed in Brazil it was kind of hard to believe that you were in Brazil and then legit five hours later now you're not only in Brazil but you're at Interlagos standing next to the fucking the Senna portrait on the side of the wall like that that seems pretty legit that's that probably does seem like like a fucking dream honestly um yeah, it really was man it was especially my first time there you know so yeah. it's always going to be like that the first time of course. Um, what did you think about the facility? You've been to a lot of different racetracks. You've been to the Nurburgring. You've been to Laguna Seca. You've been to Sonoma. You've been to Vegas. Uh, I mean, every every track in California, pretty much, we've been to. Um, 
and you've been international now um, on multiple occasions. Where, where does Interlagos rank amongst those tracks that you've been to? Man, Interlagos, I mean, despite its age, like it's, I could say it's aged very well and they've, you know, they've done a lot of upkeep to it. And obviously maybe that has to do a lot because it's an F1 track. But, uh, yeah, dude, it, it was the scenery around there, like so much green landscape. You get like the city views, like the buildings. And then, I don't know, it's just like a weird combination of everything that you don't really get at any other track, you know, every other one. Most tracks in the U.S. or even the other ones that I've gone to, like the Nurburgring, they're tucked away like in the forest or, you know, in some empty land. Laguna Seca is like a dried up lake, you know, obviously goes name. But, dude, Interlagos, it's, it's, you just can't really beat the views. Like, it's, it's, it's amazing, man. Yeah, it's in the middle of Interlagos. Interlagos is a, uh, a district in uh, Sao Paulo, the city of Sao Paulo. Um, it's pretty poverty stricken, but at the same time, I mean, it's a pretty big city. All of Sao Paulo is really big. So, um, like you said, it's, it's definitely very different from anything in California, any, any track really in the U S that, uh, I've been to, um, based off the fact that people live there, people, people legit live right across the street from the racetrack and have to deal with the sound and uh they don't complain they don't they don't they understand that they understand how historic i think um interlagos really is uh it's the oldest f1 track on the calendar still and uh i mean it hasn't really changed much and it's beautiful like you said uh the the greenery on the track the city views uh, the the paint on the curbs, the the paint on the track, the the surface of the track is very smooth. Um, I mean, yeah, dude, it, it's it's amazing. It's truly. I, I don't know about you, but it, I, I know you. Like I said, you've been to many tracks internationally, but for me, um, this just shits on every single American track, even Laguna Seca, which I love Laguna Seca. I love Laguna Seca. Yeah, hundred percent, man. As a facility, it's it's really great. I mean, even we've been to a lot of the top ones, like even Sonoma. I think that was one of the cooler tracks that we've been to yeah, sure. out in the U.S. and obviously Laguna as well. But yeah, man, it, nothing can really. I, maybe the Nurburgring. Once you go to the Nurburgring, it's it's just like a whole another you know ball game because it's just humongous. But yeah. um, and then like you know all the hotels and everything that are on the track, and it's just like a crazy facility. But as a, as a just a normal, because the Nurburgring is like a, it's like I don't even know that's a track. It's like a whole like amusement park. Yeah. This like yeah, yeah. As as an actual track, just dude, I, I still can't even believe that I tracked on Interlagos. You know, so I'm still even taking that in. Um. So getting to the point where we're actually tracking Interlagos. Um, before we before we got on track, we got to watch the stock cars practice. We got to see Felipe uh, Mazza, if you guys don't know him, um, F1 driver for a few years for Ferrari. Got very close to winning a championship against uh, Lewis Hamilton. Um, that's when Lewis Hamilton won his, I think, his first championship when um, he made a last lap, last corner pass on... Um, I forget his name. Dude's car broke down basically on the last corner. Lewis Hamilton was able to get by him to clinch the championship. Um, and then we saw Tony Kanaan. Tony Kanaan is a uh, Indy 500 winner, Daytona 24-hour winner, 
uh, IndyCar driver for God knows how long. Basically, the two motorsport legends we got to see, um, you know, not only 10 yards from us driving um, in their pits, getting ready to go, and I thought that was super dope. But what did you uh, think about the cars that we got to drive? Give me the whole breakdown. I mean, obviously, describe compared to gotta, the cars that we, we've driven, course. you know. Um, just but let's start off with the basics. I mean, we drove, yeah, exactly. uh, what, a 2000, early 2000 model Chevy Celta. It's an inline, what, inline four, I yeah, think? Yeah, four banger. One, one point something liters, 1. less 6. than two liters, maybe. Yeah, 1.6 liter. 1.6 liter inline, you know, inline four. Five-speed manual. I mean, dude, the little car, it actually surprised me, you know, for, for being what it was. You know, it was just, uh, I mean, it, it obviously didn't have that much power, but it was definitely a momentum car. Um, I'm used to driving rear-wheel drive cars. You know, we've driven mid-engine, rear-engine, front-engine, and then this is my first time driving a front-wheel drive car. So that was a completely different shift in perspective and, just the dynamic of driving that car. It was just like, boom, I have to learn something else on the spot and on the go, you know? So, I mean, (laughs) I was surprised, man. The backfires on those cars, banging the gears on them. You know, I had a super lightweight uh, flywheel, you know, the clutch, like everything just engaging it. It was was really good, man. It it was fun. Um, Describe the interior. Stripper spec, not much in it. Um, it did have a really tiny, thin cage, <laughs> like Toby yeah. from ours, I would call it, toothpick. But, uh, you know, it did the job. You know, it held the harnesses in place. and uh, It saved a life, you know, too. It, it, it saved a few lives. <laughs> if you guys haven't seen, uh, if you guys haven't seen my vlog videos, track vlog videos from that past weekend, please go check them out. Um, they're going to be on my YouTube channel. And uh, if you're watching on Spotify, yeah, go ahead and head over there. But um, there was a very gnarly accident that we'll cover in a bit. But uh, the video of the accident is in the videos. So I highly suggest you guys go check it out. But carry on, Danny. Yeah, man. And then, uh, well, that day, that day was what? The practice? We, we did qualifying uh, day one, right? Was it qualifying no, no. or was it, it was just practice? Two practices, one during like dusk time and then one at night. Yeah, man. So, I mean, my first time driving that track and then I drove it in nightfall. So it was just like a combination of all these things. And I just, I just went with it, man. I, I knew I was, it was my first time, so I wasn't going to have such the best time, but um, I was going to progress as I went and, just went with it, you know, I, I, and I knew that all these drivers, I was definitely at a disadvantage because most of those drivers, I would say their middle name is Senna because yeah. I don't know, they're Brazilian and they just, they just drive. <laughs> and then there's that Senna quote that, uh, if there's a gap and you don't go for it, you're no longer racing. Yeah. And, uh, dude, that when I went out there, I felt like I was getting pumped, man. Like, Left and right, dude. I was just getting tossed around the track. But, uh, but yeah, man, it just took me a little bit. Yeah. Just took me a little while to get comfortable with the car. And then, you know, once I went out there and just 
the first day obviously wasn't the best, but you know, second and third day I was able to lay down some okay. <clears throat> yeah, you did. Uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. But first practice, um, how'd that go down? Because that shit did not last very long. Hello. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah I can hear you. I thought it cut off. Yeah, man. First practice, man. I don't know what the hell they were thinking, but uh, dude, they they mixed. Think about a hundred horsepower little car, and then you got like these prototype cars on the same track at the same time. Yeah. It didn't make any sense to me. No. And uh, obviously, yeah, dude, I got dive bombed so many times, and it, <laughs> it was just sketchy as fuck. And then, dude, that they what they flagged it within a few laps, and then obviously, yeah. I guess they split the session. Yeah. But. Uh, but yeah, man, I, I was just like, oh shit, what did I get myself into? Yeah, uh, that was a pretty bonehead move. I don't know what uh, the guys were thinking on that, the, the race officials. Um, like Danny said, having LMP cars out there with, I mean, those cars are running like, uh, you know, mid-130s. And we're running, uh, you were running your first day there. Uh, I think your PB the first day was a one uh, a two thirty six, so like a full minute slower than the LMP cars. Like, bruh, and not only that, there's there's seventeen of our cars on track, and these LMP cars are with us. And then not only that, all the cars in between. So our cars were the slowest of the day uh, of the whole weekend, right? And the LMP cars at the top, and now we have all the cars and classes in between on track with us. It just wasn't smart and safe at all. They ended up red flagging the session, and they decided, okay, what we're going to do is we're going to break up the practice into two parts now. Um, you know, the, the top half of the fastest cars are going to go, and then the slower half will go on the second practice. And uh, that that operated a lot smoother, wouldn't you say? Yeah, it did. And uh, now that I recall uh, – that's why we ended up doing the night or ended it. It went from dusk practice to night, like full night fall practice. And I was definitely not expecting that. You know, the cars were equipped with these gnarly uh, light bars. So, yeah. I mean, it was plenty of light, but obviously there's only so much that you could see like in their field, field of view, you know? Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, man. Oh. And then there was a guy driving yeah. with his headlights off too at one point, right? Yeah, I don't know if he got bumped or he bumped into somebody, but his lights turned off. And, uh, dude, like, I got dive bombed by him and had a, you know, had my spatial awareness not kicked in or had I not been paying attention, I could have, you know, probably been pit maneuvered by him or hit him or, I don't know. It could have been in different ways. So I'm just glad that I'm still here. Speaking of pit maneuver and all that, being dive bombed um, made me think of the fact that these cars also didn't have ABS and no traction control. And so, you know, it takes time to to learn the braking zones of a car to extract the most, especially when you don't have ABS. You know, on one of our cars, you know, it basically just depends on how good your brake pads and fluids are because you're just going to be smashing on the fucking pedal. It doesn't matter, right? These cars, you had to find that limit of, okay, it's locked up. I need to back off just slightly in order for it to get to slow down. Um, how, how did that process go for you as far as learning the cars, braking? Because 
looking at the data the first day and the second day was fucking night and day. Yeah, so uh, I, at first I was uh, obviously like turn one. That's usually where you're carrying the most speed. That's before sentence that's down a straightaway. And um, that's probably the heaviest braking zone. And uh, I did lock up my brakes there once or twice. So then after that, I was just a little skeptical on, you know, using the brakes. So I started uh, braking a little earlier, more and more, which, you know, led to slower times probably yeah. than most likely. And, uh, but yeah, so once we started finding... Like as we progressed throughout the day, I was just like, "All right, cool." I started just increasing the the length of how, where I was in a break, and then um, yeah, day one was it was literally night and day. Because day two, we reviewed the the data and everything, and, and I was like, "All right, this is where you're gonna break." And then I just started trusting the car more and more, and yeah. that's all I had to do, man. I mean, you know, just coming <laughs> fresh off of a plane, day one into a front wheel drive car, no ABS, no traction car that's not even mine and then you know exactly. start driving it it was just a bunch of factors that came into play and i just had to you know cancel all that out of my head and then just try to adapt as fast as possible bro you were fucking yeah. on the go like the extreme fucking go um so we get done yeah. with practices um what did we do that at? we didn't we didn't get home till late as fuck i think like one or two in the morning right yeah, we were at the track pretty late. Um, I think we were even trying to find food that night, and it was a mission failure. But is that the um, night you tried to get? But yeah, uh, man. Is that the night you tried? The to black get? pepper filet mignon. This fool Danny <laughs> requested black pepper filet mignon from a, a, a Chinese food spot. Right now, we didn't know if anybody had it, but bro, it's fucking one in the morning. Everything is shut down on a Thursday at midnight here. So uh, I, that was hilarious. Just thinking, like, man, this fool really asked for that shit. Was it? Was it good at least? <laughs> no, no, no. He didn't. He didn't get it. We ended up getting pizza. Which? Oh. What do you think about the pizza? The pizza here in Brazil is way different than the U.S. Yeah, man. It's uh, if you guys are pizza fanatics, you may or may not like Brazilian pizza. I mean, the cheese to sauce ratio is way off. Brazilians love their cheese and. Yeah. They cheese that motherfucker up, yeah. you know, and uh, they did, you know, it's a nice ratio of toppings and stuff, but I like my sauce, so um, I thought it was missing a bit more sauce. Yeah, definitely. It was just different, man, and then, uh, yeah, I'm still, you know, I eat pizza with my hands, presumably pizza with a fork and a knife, yep. and they had ketchup, apparently, so yeah. <laughs> it's oh, two God. different worlds, man. She's, she's laying down over there. She's, let's not talk about the, the shit that goes on in this household with the weird-ass condiments. <laughs> Brazilians don't use the same condiments as us, guys. That's just, let's just fucking make that clear right now. They're, they're on some shit that you'd look at and be like, yo, what, what the fuck is that guy doing? But, yeah. Uh, so Damn. you went back to your place. That was your first night checking in. You didn't get kidnapped. Nothing bad happened. And... Uh, the next day, we didn't have to be there until, like, your, your race was at night, so we didn't have to be there until about 6, I think. Um, Friday, what did we do, bro? That was the day, what, the second race? So I, I had decided to sleep in, obviously. I was like, hey, man, we're going to be up at uh, X amount of time, I think like 8 a.m. <laughs> I didn't wake up till like, almost... Well, like Damn, 11 or 12. <laughs> yeah. I didn't wake up until like 9 o'clock. And yeah, your ass was still asleep when I called at 10. 
Um, but me and Ale were like, you know what? You know, he's he's doing his own thing. He's he's tired. Obviously, he's jet lagged. So um, the plan was to meet up for lunch. Uh, and where did we go for lunch, dude? I'm trying to remember. Oh, we went to have acai. Was that the first time? Oh, yeah, we went to the fruteria. So, yeah. you know, obviously, if you guys don't know, acai is a staple dish in Brazil. For fruit, uh, sorry, for right. breakfast, lunch, dinner, dessert, they, they eat acai any time of day. Um, it's the super fruit. So, yeah, it, it goes with everything. And, and Brazilians are super into fitness as well. So, uh, you know, anytime you get a workout done, it's not uncommon for you to go ahead to get some acai. Yes, sir. Um, what you Full think of, of antioxidants. Yep, yep. You say what? Uh, what did you think about the acai here? Oh, man. It's um, it's really good, dude. I mean, that's just having it from where it comes from in Brazil, it's just, I was happy to have it. I've actually tried it from the spot that's near my house, and it wasn't too much different from it, so I'm actually yeah. happy that I have an actual authentic one that's, like it Very tastes similar. just like fruteria, yeah. Sao Paulo, where he went right there. So, um, yeah. yeah, man, it, it was super good, dude. Can't complain. Yeah, the there's not really too much difference from acai spots. Um, what I've noticed though is some seem to be a little more creamy, a little more almost like it's got more butter added to it than, um, you know, than others. Others are more kind of like a, a fruit smoothie of acai. So. That's the only really difference, but the the taste is still the same. It's just the textures might be a little different. But uh, so we got done there uh, Friday. Uh, I'm trying to think what we actually ate, and I don't think we actually ate anything. Um, anything too big because we went back to the house, and I think we tried to take a nap again. Um, but yeah, so we show up to the track for your race. Uh, first qualifying, had to show up for qualifying. And, um, so originally we had planned to have you just do qualifying just to get seat time. And then I started thinking about it and I was like, dude, I don't know if that's a smart move because if you qualify, you're going to be starting dead last. And I was thinking that would mean I would have to start dead last too. So uh, I pitched the idea, let me throw down two hot laps, and then I'll come in, and then you get the rest of the qualifying session, which was 20 minutes. And um, so, yeah, that's what I did. I, I went in, threw down a uh, 218, came into the hot pit, Typical Danny wasn't even ready to swap in. This man was like, <laughs> this man was standing there looking at me. He didn't even know that I was, that was me. He, you literally did not know that was me. And I have it on video too. It's funny as fuck. And then you notice, and then you start throwing shit on as fast as possible. And, uh, and then you head out. But um, how was qualifying for you? And then followed up with how the race went. Well, first of all, shout out to the pit crew because they were able to do a driver change real yeah. quick, you know? <laughs> those guys are on point. So, uh, we got to give those guys yeah, man. much respect. Those, those That whole uh, organization is so fucking on point. Yeah, definitely, man. They got Gabe out and they threw my ass in the car, strapped me in, and I was, I don't know, what, 30 seconds? 
but it took me longer to get my helmet on and everything else than to get in the car and on my way. The, real but, quick, the, the atmosphere that those guys add alone, did it also give you a sense of like, like I'm actually a fucking pro driver type deal? A hundred percent, man. I mean, they care you know, for you're just there need. as a driver. Yeah, exactly. Like you tell them what you want. They were there checking pressures, uh, checking engines, oils, everything, man, down to the T. And if there was anything you needed, even a, a soft pedal or something, boom, you let them know, and they were swapping fluids on the spot. Yep. So, um, yeah, man, it was a good team overall, and I'm sure I would definitely go back with them again, you know? Especially for the money that we paid. I mean, you can't fucking beat racing wheel-to-wheel on an F1 track, like, for... Uh, we, we paid it was eleven hundred bucks um, per car, so we split that up between the two of us, and that's you know five fifty or so, you know. And there's no fucking way you're gonna ever, ever get that close in the U.S. Even at fucking like the armpit tracks, you know, you're, you're not gonna get away with only paying a thousand dollars to race wheel to wheel. No way. Especially on an F1 track. You're looking at probably like 10 times that in the U.S. If that might be more. So, but yeah, man, qualifying. Oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, go, go. No, I was just going to say, you know, qualifying. I went out there after a game, laid down some hot laps. And uh, yeah, man, after reviewing the data the, the, in the morning, you know, I was just, I did what Gabe told me to do. And then. I just kind of improved in the areas that I needed a little help, and it kind of just made it happen from there. You know, I got really comfortable with the car by the end of that qualifying session. Obviously, I didn't set down uh, 218 game time, but I did shut off for, what, like 10 seconds off my time. You went from a so, two, 236 to a 223, was it, or 225? It was over 10 like seconds. That, it was over 10 seconds, yeah. and I mean – Anybody who's been tracking for a long time knows anytime you shut off seconds, uh, you know, that's a big improvement. But 10 seconds? Bro, how long does it take somebody <laughs> to shave off 10 seconds off their initial time at Button Willow to, you know, how yeah, it may be? It, it's going to take a while, but to do it overnight, that was pretty fucking impressive, not going to lie. Yeah, it was, it was, I even impressed myself. It was, quite the feat but uh yeah man like i said i just went out there with a good mentality i want to have fun and then just do what i do you know i just didn't want to think about it too much and just went out there and performed um obviously uh i might have blew the, <laughs> the position that i gave ended in but uh <laughs> but yeah man it was it, just, it was my first time ever doing any type of wheel-to-wheel racing you know so i didn't really know what to expect i was hesitant i'm like passing people and then, you know, playing that game of chess of like, all right, I'm going to see if he'll let me in on this corner and try to not push him off, but see if he'll move over and just find those gaps. You know, it was just, I wasn't too, I should say it, aware of that or. You just don't have the race. Not, not ready for that. Yeah, it's exactly. And it was, it was my first time ever doing anything exactly. like this, you know, so. Now that I got my feet wet and everything, now I know what to expect, you know, next time I go out there. Because I'll definitely go back, and uh, yeah, man, looking forward to it. Yeah, I, obviously you get your racecraft up by uh, 
you know, uh, competing. That's pretty much it. Uh, whether it be carding or doing something like this, that's really the only way you're going to really um, familiarize yourself with how people react, how you react um, when trying to make moves on, on people, of course. But uh, how did your race go? Man. <laughs> where, do, where do we start, man? I just... Yeah, man, that day, I don't even know, bro. Like, <laughs> I just had a feeling that it was going to be a little crazy. Like, the vibe and just uh, the pit, like, before we even got in the cars with all the drivers, like, you could tell there was a lot of high energy in the room. And I was just like, man, these guys are about to let this out on the track. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, was I right, man? Because, dude. Hold on, let, let me let me let me backtrack a little bit. So we went out to the race steward's office, yeah. <laughs> and we went to a driver's union. And then uh, Gabe's over here saying, "Oh yeah, yeah, I got you. Yeah, I'm gonna translate everything they said to you in English." This motherfucker said that, "Yeah, they're gonna stop us and they're gonna grizz up this and that." <laughs> Dude, Psych. complete fucking opposite. I'm a Psych. such cap. <laughs> yeah, man. And then. Uh, Dude, we went around one time. We had a safety car in the front. We went around a second time. And then the safety car is going. I'm like, all right. So are they going to grid it on? And then I see the lights start turning off. Like F1 start. And I was like, oh, shit. It's the rolling start. Yeah. I was not ready for that. Uh, you know, uh, that, that was wild. I told you that because my first time there, we did a, a gridded start. We didn't do rolling start. So, uh, And I had asked the guy that, too. But I didn't know that he was saying that you guys are going to be actually rolling when the lights went out. I thought we were going to stop, grid up, wait for the lights to go out, and then go. So, yeah, my bad on that. But, uh, I mean, yeah, first lap of, of Danny's race. Break it down to us. Man, turn one was already chaotic as it was. I mean, cars are going four wide into the Senna S's that – Dude, I, I, I got sandwiched by two cars, so I was, like, three wide. So it was, like, the first time I even done a turn three wide, you know? So I don't, I don't really know what to expect, you know? I'm just trying to keep my, my position in the middle, and I'm like, oh, shit, I got to be checking both sides. We go down, we hit the back straight, dude. It, this is not even the first lap. Oh, yeah, it is the first lap, technically. And You're, like, a boom. fucking quarter of the way to the first lap. That's it. <laughs> yeah, dude. So all these cars are, everybody's going, like, Literally, we went from, like, four. You know how when you're on a freeway and then, like, the lanes start to merge all of a sudden? You go from, like, four lanes to three to, like, two, uh -huh. you know, in a construction zone? That's yeah. kind of what happened. So, the back straight, uh, like, the and the front straight in the track, and then you go into the S's, it's, it's, like, a certain width, you know? And then you hit the back straight, and then, dude, it just gets really narrow. And, like, these cars are still going three wide, and then all of a sudden, uh, I see this other car trying to pass on the outside starts going like on the grass <laughs> and then the wall starts getting really close man and you can tell it's about to eat up his car and then boom chaos just strikes man like i i seen it all unravel in front of me man like one car hits the other car and it was just like a domino effect it was about five or six cars involved and dude like we're not even one lap into the race and this happens and it was just like oh shit my jaw dropped dude it was held in by my helmet, and I was just like, man, what did I get myself into? 
Um, How fast are you guys Yeah, going? man. Ah, uh, dude, I didn't even get a chance to look at the speed, but I mean, we were we we were banging it out to fifth gear already. I'm pretty sure in that in that little segment. Yeah, exactly. That's if the- not, we were at like we were like at the top of fourth, if not going into fifth when that happened. So, yep. I mean, we were close to my I would say 90, 100 miles an hour when that happened. So, uh, it just happened so fast, man. Like one of the most vicious seconds. wrecks I've ever seen uh, in in car. Um, like I said, if you guys haven't seen the video, go check it out on my vlog. It's the latest track vlog, not the karting vlog, obviously. But uh, this dude's doors both go flying open. Um, that car was obviously totaled. Uh, out of the six cars involved, only two were able to return to race. Uh, the other four were absolutely fucking destroyed. Straight carnage. Parts everywhere on a track. And, uh, yeah, what'd you see, Danny? Man, it, it was so bad, dude. I, like, I slowed down, and I seen one car, like, it wasn't even a shape of a car anymore, dude. Like, it was, like, squeezed. Like, it was like a, I don't know, like a hexagon. <laughs> like, it was weird, dude. It had no doors. So then we, we went around. There wasn't so much I could do, you know, so I kind of just kept it pushing. As we went around, obviously the the session got red flagged, and then we had a safety car in the front, but we were still on the track. So we went around for a lap, and we we drove through the accident again. And man, dude, like this guy, like I barely seen him moving. I think he was shocked from the accident, but like there was this red car that was just like, wow, <laughs> I cannot believe that it was still like in one piece. You know, even though there was pieces all over the track. Yeah, but uh, oh my God. I'm not laughing because yeah, I, I think it's funny. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think anybody getting in a wreck is funny, but just like the description that you're giving me is, is fucking ridiculous. Because these uh, Brazilian drivers are uh, fucking nuts, bro. Like they don't give a shit. They they li- literally just like you said. They all think I've they a, bear the name Senna. I have a question. Um, so in the event of a wreck, like what happened with uh, you guys on your first race? Who is liable for the damage of the vehicles? Like, how does it work over there? Uh, they don't. Like, is there insurance or is it? So it, it's going to be under the the business's either insurance, and if they don't have them, dude, Chevy Celtas are as much as it costs to fucking race. So if you think about it, if these guys, oh, damn, okay, yeah, they're a thousand dollar cars, fifteen hundred dollars max. Okay. So let's just say, yeah, uh, they have twelve races <clears throat> a season. And there's 17 yeah. fucking cars, bro. As long as the majority of the field doesn't come home totaled, it's like they're making bank. And they can easily just buy more. And like Danny described the car to you, dude, it's literally just the interior removed, a cage welded in, and that's it. Like, it's... And we're not talking about Recaro seats. Gotcha. We're talking yeah. about Ricardos. Yeah, <laughs> we're talking about Ricardos, bro. Like, in a four-point four harness... Dude, watching that guy's video yeah. with that with that wreck, like, you know, he didn't move at all. So that was very impressive, honestly. I was really impressed by the safety of the car because I'm gonna be honest yeah. with you, those cars don't look very safe at all. Fuck no. No, they look like tin cans. Exactly. <laughs> all right, Danny, keep going. Yeah, man. So uh, just going back to the crash, I passed by. I seen one car in pieces. Then I seen a few other ones that were pretty banged up. 
and then in my mind, I'm just like, man, I hope they're okay. You know, and just somebody's gonna get airlifted for sure. Yeah, you said that. Yeah, man. Like, I was just in shock, dude, and I was just like, fuck, well. Like, one thing in my mind told me, like, nah, dude, you're done. Like, get the fuck off. But I was just like, <laughs> I really I really thought that the race wasn't even going to continue, to be honest. Like, I was just like, but nah, dude. They took us in. They kept us on the, on the hot pits for, like, I don't know, like 20 minutes while they cleaned it up. And then next thing you know, I was like, all right, we're on in five minutes. I was like, oh, shit. Just like that. We're back on. And if you guys have so, like, seen my happened, video. You know? They were realigning cars in the fucking hot pit that had been involved in that accident to get them get uh, to get them back out on track. Like they they were determined to get these fucking cars racing, uh, to get these guys happy. And you know it's it was body parts missing, body parts dangling, body parts mangled and wrecked, and still sending these guys out on track as long as the alignment was straight. Car body parts, all right? Just yeah, yes, 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 yes. Um, Danny, how did, that, <laughs> how did that fuck with your mental, though, seeing that? Ah, oh, dude. Uh, it it messed with me a lot, dude. Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, I was just, like, very hesitant after I saw that. When I went back out, I was just extra. If I wasn't already careful enough, you know, because obviously it was my first time out there, it just threw my hesitation level, like, that much higher like I was just to make passes or anything like that man I was just like I was giving away positions dude like I was just like nah just pass me nah you yeah. can have it I was literally like almost like pointing people by like dude go ahead yeah. <laughs> like I don't know man I just didn't want any part of it with what I saw you know <laughs> but uh <laughs> yeah dude it was just like fuck it dude there's 24 minutes of racing I'm just gonna hang in there uh, the goal was, before I went out there, Gabe told me that you know I'm going to finish last or any worse than last. Any and, not uh, worse than last, but any position worse than where you started. So I just had to finish 10th or better. Yeah, yeah so uh, I finished, what, second to last that day. So I don't know if there was 11 or 12 positions, but I finished 10th again. Yeah, so, there was uh, 12 uh, guys left. You finished uh, 10th place. Still pretty bad, but... Um, but yeah, dude, that's kind of just how it went down. And I was just, the thing was, I mean, the times I, weren't realistically, they weren't competitive enough to be in, you know, the, the top five or even top 10 with a full pack. So, you know, as long as you didn't finish last, I, I honestly would take that as a, as a moral victory. Like your first time out here, first time driving Interlagos, first time driving a front engine car, or sorry, front wheel drive car, you know, all these things, all these factors, you know, you, you having the lack of sleep, being jet lagged, um, these late nights that we were having because the, the, the track days were going so long, like all these different factors obviously played a big role into um, how you drove and to, to not finish last against guys who do this regularly it's got to be a mental dub. It's got to be a moral victory for sure. Yeah, I mean, as I was driving out there, like, I, I saw I had a better line than, like, quite a few of the drivers that were out there. So I was like, dude, I know I can outdrive these people. Yeah. But it was just when it came down to the passing part, like, I was just getting blocked left and right, and I was just hesitant to make that pass. 
because I just didn't want to be involved into anything like what I had just saw, you know? Yeah, just of course. Just a few laps before. But, uh, but yeah, man, like, towards the end is when I started having some little fun battles with the people at the end of the pack, and I was just like, okay, okay. I started getting my rhythm and the hang of it. And, uh, yeah, man, I'm just... I'm just glad I came out of one piece, and I'm looking forward to going back out there and doing it again. Hell yeah, and, and uh, to be fair, uh, you were very fucking close to ninth place. Like, we're talking like a foot. You lost ninth place by a foot, bro. <laughs> I know, man. That guy, you're battling in and out for like fucking three laps. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he got me at the end. That was nerve-wracking to watch. August. That was like, I was like, oh my god, <laughs> he better fucking win. He better fucking win. <laughs> Um, so Danny finished his race 10th place of course um, I don't really want to talk about too much of my race just because I have a vlog on it and you guys can watch that and this podcast isn't about me it's more about Danny's experience so uh, next day Danny obviously came to support me in, in my race and then uh, for lunch we had uh, Boteco Boteco, uh, and you had another traditional Brazilian dish, which I don't know if you remember, but uh, feijoada. Feijoada. What was that again? Um, uh, it is the rice with black beans and pork and beef. It's like a stew. Oh, uh, that was at that buffet place we went to, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was. Oh yeah, feijoada. That was that was beans, pretty much. Beans. Yeah, beans, beef, right. pork. No. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, fish, yeah. Fijon yeah, is, is uh, oh yeah Fijon yeah I love Fijon but uh yeah man the food was really good it started getting better obviously there wasn't so much time to go try out all these food spots because I mean the whole weekend revolved around the racetrack yeah, the next day as well so I mean it was just a short amount of time there so much to do and so much to see so you know maybe next time um, Sunday, we got to go watch Stock Car. Um, pretty eventful race. Uh, there was a few wrecks in front of us. Car caught on fire all right in front of us. Like, we had we had a good, a good spot to watch every bit of the action that was going on. Uh, we ended up leaving there and going to, uh, like, a, a brunch-lunch spot where a lot of people go uh, to get drinks and, and eat appetizers. And what did you think about that? I'm trying to remember what spot it was. Before the rooftop party. Oh, yes. That spot. It was like El Tuele or something like that. That spot was really good. Yes, sir. The vibe was really good. The food was amazing. It was like a lot of like, it was like next level bar food. So it was really good, man. And now you started to see Brazilian women. Right. Oh right. man, that's that's just part of the scenery of Brazil. We didn't even talk about that, but just the scenery, the women, the food was just hundred percent. And so man. we're eating, and we keep seeing these baddies walk by, and we're like, "Where the fuck are they headed? Like, where are these women going, dude? Like, what what is going on?" Right. And yeah, and the ratio was really good, right? Like it was just like. Yeah. Five women and like one dude, and we're like, "What the hell?" Yeah, it was, it was no? a lot. So we ended up leaving there because I told Ale, "Hey, let's go see where these people are going. Like, let's go there. There's a lot of people going there." And uh, it's um, what would you call that? A, a, a luxury high-rise building suite, whatever the fuck. 
<laughs> and yeah, right, luxury right. high rise penthouse type thing. Exactly. You can hear music coming from the roof, and we're like, "What the fuck?" Okay, we gotta go over there. So we're about to enter, and the doorman stop us, or the the desk concierge stop us, and was like, "You know, uh, where are you guys headed?" Oh, we're going up to the rooftop party. Oh, okay. Um, are you on the guest list? And we're like, "Oh, fuck, guest list." And uh, we're like, yeah, yeah, we should be. Alice uh, throwing out her name. Okay, cool. Let me check. Oh, you're not on the guest list. Who, who do you know here? And then Alice throws out some random fucking name, bro. Random name. And they call. They, the lady's calling. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Alessandra está aquí para uh, Marcia. Okay, to the bank, to the bank. Okay, vamos. And they let us in, bro. They fucking let us in. And uh, that's crazy. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, we, we go up to this rooftop and it was a vibe, dude. They had a band of fucking DJ playing like house music, um, the, the bar situation. Oh, yeah. I don't know about you, Danny. I didn't really enjoy that having to pay somewhere else and then like walk to get my drinks. That kind of just seemed a little ridiculous to me. Yeah, I was having a good ass time. Just the fact that. Uh, Ale finesse our ways in there, and we got in there. I was just like, hell yeah! <laughs> so, uh, what do you think about the rooftop vibe? Give me the whole breakdown. Uh, give us uh, a description of how it looked, how it went down. Was it a good time? Oh, dude, it was a great time, man. I mean, the weather. Um, if you guys don't know, in December, it's obviously December. And it's summertime out there, you know, so it's just, just like a nice, hot, 78, tropical weather. It's like San Diego weather. Uh, we're on the top. Nah, it was better than San Diego weather. Just oh, shit. Like, it was, <laughs> I don't know, just that vibe, you know, it was just like tropical island weather. Like, we're on the top of this rooftop. There's like this banging DJ and, dude, it's just women dancing everywhere and, I guess it was just all, like, house music, right? So it felt kind of like a little, like, rave type of vibe, you know? It was just, like, yeah. head bumping. It's yeah. just everything, you know? But it, it wasn't, was like, cool, too man. heavy all... EDM, because I don't like that type of shit. But it was like, okay, we could dance to this. We, there's a good beat. We could dance to it. Nobody's screaming. Robots aren't fucking talking and shit. Like, we're out here just chilling. Yeah. Yeah, man. It was chill, dude. And, uh... There wasn't too many people that were, uh, like, white girl wasted, so that was good, you know, everybody. Yeah, I feel like we, we were white girl wasted, bro. <laughs> dude, yeah, the, dude, I mean. The drinks they were pouring up were fat-ass shots of vodka. Like, half the fucking cup they gave us was vodka, and then the next quarter of it was melted ice, and after that was, like, a little bit of Red Bull. Yeah, that, that was wild, man. And we were just sipping those things like it's ice water. Yeah, and, we knocked uh, down about three or four of those fucking things. And then Danny's card yeah. kept getting declined. And I just told him, you ain't got it, bro. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got it. Just tell me. I got you. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah. they use a lot of uh, the ATM machines here or like the, the card machines here. They run off of Wi-Fi. So if it doesn't have a good signal your card's going to get declined because it just can't process it. And so my card got declined like twice, and then Danny started talking shit. If you ain't got it, G, I got you. Just tell me, you know? And then fucking pulls out his card. 
And this motherfucker tries to pay. Declined. Fucking declined. <laughs> like, fuck off, dude. And then Ale has to fucking pay for our drinks, I think. But, uh, I mean, that only happened once. But it's a pretty common thing out here where uh, you get declined just because it doesn't have good Wi-Fi signal. That's it. That's all it is. Uh, so we finished up there at the rooftop bar, pretty fucking hammered, and we went back to my place. Um, we smoked some cigars. I was tired as hell. We had to wake up the next morning because we had a carding lesson that we had paid for, and the carding lesson is actually pretty pricey. Um, it's about eighty-five dollars um, for the hour. So I definitely didn't want us to end up not using that and I ended up having to kick Danny out of my fucking house because he just would not leave and he thought I was just being a dickhead to him I wasn't being a dickhead to you bro I just knew that we needed to get the fuck up we had to be up at like (laughs) 7.30 to go to Granjaviana which if you guys haven't seen shameless plug I just uploaded my carding vlog and this is that that week or sorry that day Um, so yeah give us the breakdown of from practice up until the race description of how the facility was how the carts were how, how coach christian was all that shit yeah man that morning uh you know it was a great day we went to the practice it was clear skies it was really nice um i met coach christian we pretty much had the track to ourselves there was just pretty much me gabe and then there was like this other kid that was turning down laps and um yeah, man, the coach was really friendly. He actually knew English, so I don't know too much Portuguese. I kind of understood some of it, but I was able to communicate with him really well, so that was a plus. Uh, that carding facility in itself, man. What was it? Gran- Grancha Viana? Granja Viana. Granja Viana. It was just, it was amazing, dude. I've never been to a place like that. And, uh, just having a, a carding place that has like elevation changes and like some camber turns, it was actually pretty cool, man. Just driving those carts around and just learning more about. I'm, I don't know too much about carding because I mean I haven't really done it. We've done like K1 and Go Kart World, but you know that doesn't compare to actual like carding. But uh, yeah, man, that track was really really cool, man. It was. It pretty much compares to like Interlagos. So that would be like the Interlagos of karting, you know? Yeah, I mean, was, it really uh, is. Much a lot yeah. of uh, Brazilian drivers actually um, start their careers here in Sao Paulo. And uh, Granja Viana hosts the uh, Sao Paulo Cup, which is like the big championship here. So, uh, yeah, Granja Viana is like an international karting facility. We know people back in the States who have been there that started their careers. Uh, my buddy that works at Porsche Experience Center LA, Peck LA, he was a heavy carter as a kid before he became a pro driver. And, you know, he, he hit me up and was like, holy shit, man, you're at where I started, you know, all this stuff. So, yeah, if you're a racer from Brazil, you definitely know about Granja Biana. Yeah, man, definitely recommend anybody that makes it out there. Gotta hit Gran Chiriano. Uh And then just back to it, man. That day, you know, the practice was cool. I was just like, all right, cool. I got this. What was the weather like? And then, oh, man. So that morning, like I said, it was sunny, clear skies. It was nice. And then fast forward to a few hours later, it's dusk. We arrive, and literally a fucking monsoon just comes. Um, 
And then they're just like, yeah, man, the race is going to go down rain or shine. And I was just like, oh, my God. It was just like <laughs> sketchy part two. You know? like, after, I was already a little skeptical as it was after what I went into that wreck at uh, Interlagos. So once we got to the karting thing, I was just like, hey, shit ain't going to be good, you know? Like, everything that I learned that morning with the coach, it kind of just not went out the window completely, but it was just like, fuck. And now I got to adapt to driving a cart in the rain, which I have never fucking done, you know? So And they don't put fucking rain tires like, on. We're running slicks, bro. No. That's why, yeah, so I was going to get to that. Yeah, like, slicks in the rain, it was just like, man. I was just not having it, dude. And, yeah, we went out there. I think we did, what, like a five-minute qualifying session or something like that, right? Yeah, five-minute qualifying session and then a 20, 25-minute race. Yeah, so uh, I was in two all the way in the end of the pack. I was probably like, I don't know, like 18th, 19th or something like that. And then, uh, yeah, but I seen some of the driving styles of some of the people, so I was like, all right, cool. I kind of have a fighting chance. But once it started, it was just like, fuck. You know, just turn one, it's like, the straightaway and then it's like a downhill so you got to do like a heavy braking and then you kind of got to balance the car to make this turn into downhill slope that it's going a slippery slope Literally. you know what I'm saying and yeah. then yeah man I pretty much spun out. <laughs> not even on the first nah it was like the second lap but yeah. the car just started spinning out left and right and it was just it was chaos carnage. man fucking carnage Danny how many times you spin out that, that night uh, I believe like five or six times I've been out for sure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Once you lock up the brakes on that car, it's like... Game over. I don't know, man. It, yeah, it's pretty much game over. The car starts to slide, and then you kind of have to get back on the throttle for it to, like, grip up again. But at the same time, the car's sliding. So it's just like this harmonious balance that you have to keep with the car when it's under rainy conditions. And it's really tough, especially if it's, like, your first time doing it. So... Yeah. Um, yeah, man, it was pretty wild, wild for sure, man. Um, I think Gabe's been out a few times as well, and yeah, I it was just three like, times. dude. Yeah, it, it was chaos out there for sure. Yeah, it's it was frustrating for sure to spin out that many times, just because like you know you have a good pace, a pace to win the race, and then you just spin out over and over again, just making stupid mistakes, getting too comfortable, not paying enough attention to what you're doing, and that shit will bite you in the ass, especially in karting. When, once you spin out in karting, that's pretty much it. You're, you're pretty much doomed to uh, further back in the pack. So, but Yeah, uh, it's pretty hard to make up positions, right? Once you spin out, like you said, like to get back onto the track and get back onto the pace, it was really hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you're running seconds faster than guys in front of you, then it's easier, which I was, but I, spinning out three times, you just, that does not help out at all. That that leaves you with no shot, pretty much, so. Uh, what do you think, though, about the whole experience, um, you know, with the whole way it's set up, it's organized, the, the carts themselves, the people we raced with, what do you think? Everybody was really friendly for the most part. I mean, you could tell we were like the outliers. Cause like, oh, fuck, the Americans are here, you know? And, um, but yeah, I, I didn't know that it was the fucking final race of like the karting season. 
Yeah. So it's like we literally just came in and invaded their final race, and now it's just like, shit, dude. It's, yeah. it's wild, too, you know? Yeah, the so, cool thing is, uh, I mean, it's same with the the racing in Interlagos. That was their last race of the season, too. But but the cool thing is, like, they don't, they don't really care, you know? We're not really interfering with their championship. No, 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 we're not. I mean, they've been doing it for a while, too, so, you know. Uh, obviously, once they probably start seeing us spin out, they're like, ah. They just keep doing their thing, you know, but, uh, yeah, pretty much. I mean, yeah, the facility was run really well. Uh, they had their flag workers were on point. Um, as soon as somebody spun out, you know, yellow flag was up and they were on point like most of the time, you know, another thing is when you spin out and then you see a car and you're about to hit them. And then somebody, somebody else spins out trying to avoid you. It just becomes pretty gnarly man like fuck i'm about to lose the ribs you know pile up yeah that's a a risk for sure is driving in the rain and karting see so many videos of people getting fucked up especially at grunge too. i've seen multiple videos of people getting fucked up there i'm surprised i didn't fly off the cart dude but yeah man danny asked why they don't have seatbelts in those carts and i try to explain to him like bro this is like as legit as it gets the next level up is a legit fucking four-stroke cart like this is this is it this isn't uh k1 where you have the seatbelt or nothing like that guys it's it's legit fucking karting so yeah um fast forwarding to the next day which was your final day with us uh, we went to the best churrascaria in Sao Paulo. Uh, if you guys don't know what a churrascaria is, it is a Brazilian steakhouse. If you guys have heard of Fogo de Chao, uh, pronounced Fogo de Chão, or Texas de Brazil in the States, uh, you'll know what a churrascaria is. Uh, we went to Barbacoa. What do you think about that one? Yeah, that was- I thought Fogo was, you know, good. But once you go to Barbacoa, it's like, it's not going Fire. back, dude. Fire. The way it is. It F- was favorite so good, man. Definitely the picanha. Picanha was obviously the best cut. I mean, even though they came around with filet and some other cuts. And I mean, filet is already dry as it is, but picanha was where it's at. That's the staple cut in Brazil, so... So if you go out there, picanha is where it's at. For sure. It really is. Picanha is uh, one of the most expensive cuts of meat that you can get at the grocery store here and, and definitely at a restaurant. And it's worth it. It's so fucking good. So tender. So juicy. Oh, man. I'm getting water water in your mouth just thinking about this shit. So we've been talking for an hour and 20 minutes. So I'm thinking uh, we'll just end it here because unless you got anything else to add. Not much, man, other than, uh, yeah, man, Miss Brazil. <laughs> Miss Brazil, you're always welcome back whenever you want. Yeah. Yeah, right. <laughs> no, next time we do that, uh, once, next time I get the news for Interlagos, you already know. I need a co driver. Yeah, man. Let's do it. Let's do it. Hopefully, we get some of the boys out here, too. For sure, yeah. Austin has been talking about coming out here too. We'll see if he can make it out. I know Augie and then uh, Lucas later on in the year want to come out. So I don't think it'll be an issue getting these guys out here. I just think it'll be an issue of getting enough cars. Carding? Oh, man. Carding is going to be fucking insane with those guys. 
That'd be so much fun. Yeah, that'd be super fun. For yeah. sure, man. We'll see. We got to plan it out. But um, on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rate your trip here in Brazil? Dude, that, that's like, is that even a question? Like, past the 10 for sure. Like, just from the moment that I landed there, it was just action-packed. Like, that, there wasn't a dull minute or hour. You that's know? good. I tried to uh, make sure that I just didn't give you any dull moments as much as possible. I know the food sucked the first couple of days, but like we've talked about, like it's hard to fucking fit in going to a restaurant when we're at the track 90% of the day, you know? Nah, dude, it, it was a good experience. It was fun. Um, I mean, on top of that, we didn't even mention that the track, we had a track site, Churrasqueria. So that was actually really good as well. Yeah, you got to try and, uh, Was that your first time trying uh, chicken hearts? I wasn't really a fan of the chicken hearts, honestly, but I'm not either. everything else is super good. Man. Yeah. And, uh, it's a good time. Yeah, it's man. Good. I felt like I was just like a fucking pig that was getting fattened up to get slaughtered because <laughs> I was just eating and eating and eating because I wanted to try everything, man. There it is. It, that's what you go on vacation for, right? Just to enjoy yourself, eat good food, enjoy yourself, have a good time. <laughs> Fuck it. That's what you did. All right, well, that'll be it for this video. Um, yeah, guys, if you are new to my channel, please like, subscribe, comment if you have any questions down below, and uh, I'll get back to them as soon as possible. But, Danny, thank you for joining me, bro. Thank you for uh, uh, telling us your story about Brazil and, and your trip. And uh, I really do hope to see you back here soon and uh, racing with me again because, dude, I'm excited. I'm excited yes, for the next sir. time. I'm excited too, dude. I probably won't be able to sleep tonight. But, uh, yeah, man. Uh, we'll talk soon. And uh, everyone out there, shout out to Blues Blues M3 for having me out there. And, uh, yeah, man, signing off. All right. And Daniel, StockX Garage. StockX Garage on Instagram. StockX Garage on what? fucking YouTube too. Do you are you still making videos on YouTube? I mean, I, I don't have a car, dude. <laughs> but, uh, do you want to tell them? That, that's something for, that's something okay. for another channel, okay, man. Okay, but, okay. uh, I, yeah, you man. Know, I watched your videos just real quick. I watched your videos, uh, that you posted like last year and I actually thought it was pretty funny. I liked it. I liked your, uh, how you had it going. So I wouldn't mind seeing some more stock X crotch videos in the future, bro. Just saying. Yeah, yeah, for sure, man. I just I want to get back into it again, and then you know get some cool cameras, and I'll get back into it. Hell yeah! It, it was something that I was just not a hundred percent. You know, obviously, like you, you you started off too. You're not an editor or nothing like that, and yeah. I see you progressing with that, and you're getting better at it. So I'm sure, thank you, sir. Uh, little by little, and with more practice, you can make some cool videos. You know, everyone yeah. has their own little style, so I think that's pretty. That's what makes it unique, for sure. Yeah, for sure, dude. All right, well, that is it. Good night. Take it easy. Bonoich. Bonoich.